Casper's point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So why don't you start your days with it? Make it your first listen. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. We've got a fun one for you today, uh, courtesy of Dame. I mean, I'll, I can take credit for it because I'm going to talk into a microphone, but Damian Lord hooked, hooked it up for, for your hearts and hooked it up for your boys' podcast content. 60 against the Jazz. 60. We're going to talk about Damian Lord in today's episode, believe it or not. Uh, we'll do we do fastest recap in the West, but we, I want to spend some time I'm appreciating Damian Lillard because he deserves it. I mean, he's just, he was just so good. And it was a reminder of, of what, what heights he can touch, the levels he can get to, that there just aren't that many dudes on earth who can get to, who can touch those same levels. We'll appreciate Dame. And then we'll talk about the sort of importance of this win. Um, the Blazers are, they kind of had a bad, they kind of had a bad week and then you win this game and it's like, okay, okay. I, that, you know, maybe, maybe I overreacted or maybe, maybe they're actually not in the worst possible, worst imaginable spot, all things considered. But let's, let's do what we do here. The Blazers beat the Jazz on Wednesday night, 134-124. Here's your fastest recap in the West. Portland was down 31-19 at the end of the first quarter. They were one of nine from three. They were actually generating some good looks and just missing them. That is generally what you say on bad shooting nights. Well, they got good looks. That was, that was actually true in the first quarter. I thought they were generating some clean catch and shoot looks and they were just bricking them. Then they stopped bricking them. They erupted for 47 points in the second quarter to take a 66-64 lead into the break. Damian Lord had 26 points at halftime. Blazers from down 12 to up to a, a really nice quarter. Obviously still giving up a bunch of points. They gave up 33 to the Jazz in the second quarter. This was not a game where either team, both of these teams were top 10 in offense, bottom 10 in defense. You knew it was going to be high scoring. So did the odds makers at FanDuel if you check the line before the game. The over-under was 238, uh, 238 and a half, I believe. That's a lot of points. Um, they still beat it. Uh, but, like, you knew this game was going to be high scoring, and Dame did what he's been doing recently. Finished with 26 in the first half. Um, it was the fifth time in the last eight games he's gone for 20-plus in the first half. He has he has been taking it to teams. Uh, typically, Damian Lord of the past would not have big halves, uh, big first halves, because he would field the game out. He would kind of say, how are they going to guard me? How do they guard pick and rolls? I'm going to make sure other guys get involved. I can get a shot whenever I want. When it comes down to it, I can get 30, you know, by putting my foot on the gas in the second half, but I want to make sure first other guys get a rhythm and, and also just feel out the defense, kind of see, probe a little bit, see how they're going to guard stuff so I know how, what they're going to do to similar actions after halftime. That has not been the approach recently. He's been, he has been hitting the gas early and often. And that's what he did in this game. 26 in the first half. And he got better from there. Like <laughs> he was great. He was great. In the third quarter alone, Damian Lord scored 24 points, including 20 straight to close the quarter. And the Blazers led 102, 91 after three. Um, the fact Dame's got 50 through three quarters. Uh, the second Blazer to ever have 50 through three quarters, uh, uh, matching a C.J. McCollum record. 50 through three quarters. And they're only up 12. And it's like, okay, they needed him. But it was, it, it some some nights, some big scoring nights don't feel the same. 
as I don't know. This was this was a night where they needed him, and Dame knew they needed him, and he delivered in he delivered in a way that said, "I know we can win the game if I keep going." This wasn't piling on against a, in, in a loss. This wasn't, you know, Devin Booker scoring 70 in a loss or one of those games where you're just blowing the team out and everybody's getting in on it. This was like Dame scored 50 through three quarters and they needed him to score those 50 through three quarters. And then he kept going 10 in the fourth quarter, um, missed a shot attempt that would have given him his career high. His career high is 61 would have given him his career high, but he missed it at the end of the game. He finished. Uh, that's your fastest recap in the West. The Blazers win 134, 124. They held off the jazz in the fourth quarter. Uh, up 12, 1 by 10. Made, didn't, didn't really get threatened, but never truly pull away. Damian Lillard finished with 60 points on 29 shots, but he missed his last shot. So 60 on 29 is still bonkers. It's like a 90% effective field goal percentage. Um, uh, like 80, 89 plus, um, according to cleaningtheglass.com. Uh, but like 60 on 29 shots is Bonkers. 9 of 15 from 3 is just an incredible night. 9 of 10 of the free throw line. 7 boards. 8 assists. He had 4 turnovers, including 2 really bad ones in the 4th quarter when he looked a little gassed at the beginning of the 4th quarter. Looked a little bit tired. But he closed the game strong. Had an insane drive. Lefty layup flip that they needed him just to kind of keep the lead at double digits. Um... He's, he was really good. Uh, there's some news in this game. Josh Hart was ruled out for the remainder of the game with right hamstring tightness. Middle of the second quarter did not play after that. He played just the first nine minutes of the game. He seemed to, It seemed to be bothering him early. Like, it might have been bothering him before tip-off. Like, I, early in the game, I noticed he, he grimaced and kind of like... He had a weird, he had a, like a a weird gait up the floor, um, and then and then didn't play, uh, in it did not play in the in afterward those first nine minutes. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic was ruled out uh, late in the third quarter, or maybe early in the fourth. He only ended up playing eighteen minutes. He had a calf injury that he that he um, he's been dealing with some calf stuff, and it it flared back up for him, and he didn't play in the fourth quarter. So the Blazers got um, a bit. Big minutes, 26 from Drew Eubanks. Uh, Dame had 16. Amphrey Simons, or Dame had 60. Excuse me. Amphrey Simons had 16. He had he added nine dimes. Bad shooting night for Ant. Uh, five of 15, but uh, uh, you know, moved the ball around, got some assists. It helps uh, when one of your teammates makes nine of 15 threes. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, he had he finished with 10 and four. Jeremy Grant had 19 and five boards. Like I said, uh, Drew Eubanks played a bunch of minutes, eight and 10 off the bench to go with two steals. Uh, and the Blazers. They won this game because they score. They won this game because they score. Larry Markkinen had 24 for the Jazz. Uh, Jordan Clarkson had 18. But the Blazers, they they, they hit the number. If you're a long-time listener to this podcast, or if you, even if you just started listening this year, the magic number is 115. I, <laughs> I did a whole episode about it, and it remains the magic number. They are 16-2 and two when they score 115 points. They are 7-23 and 23 in all other games. This team is not wired to win, to win slugfests. Um, you know, there was a stretch there for a couple weeks when the defense looked like it was turning around. It's not good. Uh, they played a bunch of zone in the second half, and I think it kind of took the Jazz out of what they wanted to do. Um, it wasn't like they shut down the Jazz after halftime by any means. The Jazz scored 60 points in the final two quarters. But, um, you know... I guess that's four less than they scored in the first half, so maybe the zone worked. But, like, you know, they, they hadn't gone to zone as heavily 
as they did in this game for a long time. Um, and I, and I thought, um, you know, shown a couple different defenses, but like this team is wired to win because they score. Uh, th- it's just who they are. They're still a bottom 10 defense in the league. They're, they're top five or top 10 offense league eighth, according to clean the glass. Like this is who they're going to be. They're going to beat teams with offense. That's what they did tonight. And the offense was led by the maestro. Damian Lord was fantastic in this game. I want to celebrate him in the second segment. And I want to ask, I want to ask something of you, listener, and something, a question that I'll pose to the Blazers front office after watching this game. But before we get there, before we talk and celebrate Dame, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. I'm super excited about FanDuel. They're the new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today. Get started with $150 in free bets, guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, you just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go to that website, sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Place a $5 bet. Get $150 to use on bets in the future. FanDuel's got all your favorite bets, money line, point spreads, player props, plus combine your bets for even a bigger chance at a payout with the same game parlays. All of it's on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, basketball fans, sports fans in general, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com. Dot com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. All right. Damian Lamar Ollie Lillard had a game. He had a game for the ages. <laughs> he really did. He tied Michael Jordan and James Harden for the third most 60-point games in league history with four. Two back of Kobe Bean Bryant, who's got six, and a cool 28 back of Wilt Chamberlain. I do not think he is catching Wilt, but certainly more so than James Harden at this point, Damian Lillard has a chance to be, you know, to pass Kobe for the most 60-point games in, in, in non-Wilt league history. He's one of the greatest scorers we have ever seen. One of the truly, truly special offensive players we've ever seen. So what I, what, what I really want to do here for you, dear listener, is, is ask you this. And you know that if you're a long, long-time listener, a regular listener, I should say, not even a long-time listener, regular listener, it's a pro-joy podcast. I'm encouraging you to hold on to your joy at all times. And this isn't just like, I'm pretty corny, right? Like, your boy's on the cop. But like, um, this isn't that. This is, this is just a reminder. This isn't always going to be this way. Damon Lord is a generational talent. Uh, I've talked about this with a good friend who's a big Blazers fan. Guys like Dame come once every 15 or 20 years, if you're lucky. That's how good he is. That's how special he is. If, you're, if your franchise is lucky, you get Walton in 75 and, uh, and uh, Clyde Drexler in, 80, in, in 81 or 83, and then, and then Dame again in, in 2012, right? And, and so every 15 or 20 years, you get someone who is one of the 70 best basketball players ever. If your franchise is lucky, ask the Charlotte Hornets, ask the, ask the Charlotte Hornets how long it takes to get a generational talent, right? Like they don't come often. And what I 
felt watching this game was like, man, I, as someone who's, I'm not like super emotionally invested in the Trailblazers, but I spent a lot of time thinking about them. I spent a lot of time in my, in my basement talking about them for sure. And I, I, you know, they take up a ton of my brain space. Let's be real, right? Like I am thinking about the Trailblazers all of the time. And I don't, as just someone who loves hoop, I don't want to take this dude for granted. Because it's not always going to be like this. This isn't like some like sneaky doomsday stuff either. That's not what I'm trying to do either. I'm just trying to say like, when nights like this happen, appreciate the heck out of them. Because they're rare and special and fun. And it is okay on a Wednesday night in January when your team beats a 500, you know, a 25 and 25 jazz team to say, dang, that was fun. Dang, that was fun. How special is he? I'm gonna, I, I, I know it can't always be this way, so because it's this way now, I'm going to appreciate it. Dame's night was special. It was special. In the first half, he was he was bombing away from three. Like he 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 was he was doing a lot of damage from deep. I'll pull it up here real quick as as I'm talking about it. Like in the first half, Dame was um, Dame was was really was attacking mostly from the outside, right? Like he was in that, in, in the first half here, it is, I, I got it up at, at long last. He was six of eight from three. He just had three, he had three two-pointers in the first half. Like he was, he was, he was bombing from three. Six of eight from three, doing his damage from distance. That's how you score 26 points in the first half. It's, it's, his, his uh, shot chart looks wild. The Jazz knew it. They knew it. Uh, and they had Walker Kessler in the game, and with Kessler, because he's slow, Tar Heel legend, Walker Kessler, he's he's slow, you kind of got to play drop, and you want to funnel him towards, they want to funnel defender towards the shot blocker, right? Like, that's that's drop coverage, you don't really want Kessler at, up at the level, his gifts are taken away if you ask him to do something he's not good on defense. So Dame took advantage of drop coverage and made threes. But when you make six threes in the first half, and when you've got 26 at halftime, and you've only, ta- and you've only made three, th- you've only made three twos, uh, he was three of five inside the arc in the first half and only taking two free throws. Like it wasn't like he was getting to the line a bunch and attacking the paint. Like he was mostly doing his damage from distance. So in the third quarter, armed with that information and with a little bit less Walker Kessler, particularly late in the quarter as they went small, Dame just said, cool, I'm going to the rack. And even with like the drop coverage more aggressive and they were even trying to, they were even, um, you know, he wasn't like super high up, but maybe a half step higher trying to prevent three pointers. Dame got to Dame got to the rack in the third quarter, set the tone in the first half of that third quarter by getting himself into the paint, by getting to the rack, finishing and finishing, like getting into the shot blocker's chest and finishing, uh, keeping Walker Kessler out of the dance. So you could get past Larry Markkinen attacking a little bit in semi transition. So you had, so you could pick your spots so he could pick his spots rather against, you know, lesser defenders, uh, all due respect, the Jazz got a couple of them out there. Uh, they're a bad defensive team. So, like, he he had, he had made his presence felt from deep in the first half. First half of the third quarter, he's attacking, attacking, attacking. They start to send more pressure to him, and he rains down threes to end the quarter. 20 straight to close the third. And they needed it. They needed it. Only up 12. 20 straight points from Dame to close the third quarter. Not like a 20-0 run. Just 20 straight Trailblazers points from Dame. No one else really had it going. Ant had a had a pretty tough shooting night. Um, and it was it, it was the Damian Lillard show. And he made sure you saw it, right? He made sure you appreciated it. He was great. He was great. Don't take it for granted. 
And then in the fourth quarter, uh, the the Jazz defense just was way more aggressive. Uh, I think they should have been more aggressive, just like anybody but Dame earlier in this game. But they, you know, they wanted to keep Kessler in there because he's good. He, you know, he he's good, and they didn't. They they think they probably think, and rightly so, that they're better, bigger. Um, that's been mostly their identity this year: is staying bigger, not going small with Vanderbilt and and Lowry marking and too 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 much. Although they're capable of doing it. Uh, they they went away from Kessler and just started trapping the ball, switching screens and trapping. Uh, often what the Jazz did was they would they would uh, switch and then late trap. So you switch the initial action, and then as the screen goes away, you say, just kidding, we're trapping. So it's not a hard trap right away that you can get the ball out. It's you take a dribble, you drag the you drag the defender that you think you've got on a good mismatch. Then the double team comes and we zone up behind it. Um, and the, and Dame, quite frankly, threw the ball around a little bit early in th- early in the fourth quarter. Was um, I thought he was maybe tired because he had fifty through three quarters and was so freaking special. But he was. The defense didn't totally take him out of it. He still finished with ten in the quarter. That's on, that's on pace for forty. Like <laughs> in a game, if he score if he scored ten in a quarter, so. Uh, it was, they showed him everything. He scored in every which way. He set the tone in every which way you can. He was so dang good. And it leads me to this question. I wanted to, I told you I was going to ask, I was going to ask something of you, dear listener. I want to ask something of the Blazers front office. How patient are you willing to be with him? Like Dame is factually 32 years old. I think the way Steph Curry has aged and like LeBron, comparing anyone to LeBron is probably a mistake, but like the way superstars of this generation have been able to play into their thirties and particularly guys who can shoot, um, have aged a little better. Like Chris Paul until he kind of hit a wall and at age 37, like he's one of the great mid range shooters ever. And he was really good deep into like, you know, past his 36th birthday. He was excellent last season. So like, even if Dame can be, even if Dame has five very, very good years left in the tank, um, which you know, sure that'd be an all-time great career. He's an all-time great player. No, it's it's kind of what separates the best of the best, right? So like, even if he has five years, five years left at a really high level, how patient are you willing to be? I don't expect the Blazers to, as we head into the trade deadline here and here in whatever uh, sixteen days, as I'm recording this, fifteen days as you're listening to it. This is uh, Thursday, January twenty-sixth show. So. Uh, two weeks, 14 days from, from the day you're listening to it, excuse me. Uh, it's, it's, it's like, I know they're not going to push all their chips in. They're not going to unprotect the pick that they owe to the Chicago Bulls and trade multiple picks and swing for a superstar. There's probably not a superstar available, so you got to wait till the summer anyways, right? It's the responsible and smart thing to do. It's, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't cash in all your chips just to do it. But I, I really think watching this game, it's like, how patient can you be? How patient can you be? How much can you build on a timeline that doesn't include Dame? How can you not watch this dude be as good as he is and say, hey, let's be irresponsible with the, the 27 through, 2027 through 2029 seasons by trying to be as good as possible in 24, 23, 24, and 25? They won't be. They're going to be, they're going to be responsible. They're not going to go into the luxury tax this season. There's not the right player available for them to make the move that I probably want them to make. But when I watch Dame play at this level, I don't want, I don't want responsible. I don't want a responsible front office. 
I want one that takes the biggest swing because when you have a player this good, patience is silly. It's silly. It's probably the right thing to do, like for like holistic team building because of all the reasons I've mentioned. You know, the it's it the Blazers won one freaking game in, in this week. They they blew a 25 point lead a couple days ago. I watched them. That was Sunday night. They they give up a kajillion points to the San Antonio Spurs the following night. It's not like their defense was particularly good in this one. Like, this isn't a championship-level team. But what I'm saying is, when I watch Dame be this good, it makes me think he deserves he deserves one huge swing. Uh, the previous, uh, whatever, front office was not equipped or willing to take, like, the, the we-might-strike-out type of swing. They're, you know, pushing in draft picks to get role players and stuff like that. But... With Joe Cronin in charge, I'll be. I guess I'll. I guess I'll wait until July or whatever to like really yell about this. But I. I came away sitting on my couch tonight watching Damian Lillard be so excellent. I thought, yeah, this dude deserves a real shot at it. Like this dude deserves a real deal. Holy field, go get him a all star, all star level teammate. Not like a, um, not a. <laughs> Not a campaign for Jeremy Grant to make the all-star team all-star, but like some dude who's an all-star right now joins the team and then you and you have an all-star level teammate. Jeremy Grant's been really good this year, but I'm talking a level above Jeremy Grant, like someone who is who is like borderline all-NBA. That's who I want to see Dame play with before it's all said and done. I don't want patience and a draft pick. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see a big enough swing that might leave you out on your front foot looking a little bit silly. That's the type of swing I want. And watching Damian Lillard play tonight, I thought, patience is dumb. <laughs> Even if it's the right thing to do, patience is dumb. All right, third segment, I want to talk about what this win means for the Blazers. I think it's actually, it is both not particularly meaningful for me, but it is it does set them up in the way that I was saying, Hey, they got to set themselves up in this way. That's what we'll do. Uh, I want to talk about that in the third segment. Like they're in an okay spot. Even if I don't think it, I I, got to be honest about where they are. Let's, let's, let's talk about that to close the show. Join me in the third segment. Won't you still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to locked on blazers. Before this homestand started, I said that the Blazers had to go four and two, and I and then if you're you know regular listeners, gotta go four and two, and I think they're gonna lose to Philly. So really, they gotta win four out of five. Gotta win four out of five. They lose to Philly, sure, very good basketball team playing very very well right now. They blow a 25 point lead to the Lakers, and I I it it took a lot of air out of my balloon, um, the wind out of my sail, whatever, whatever euphemism you'd like to use, whatever metaphor you'd like to use. I'd like, I do not, I do not feel good about this team as, as a whole, right? Like I feel really good. I, I think Damian Lillard is great. Um, I just think they're flawed, right? That's why I shared that 115 point stat. They're seven and 23 when they score 114 or less, uh, real quick on that stat. They've had a lot of games recently that 115 wouldn't be a winner. So it's not like if you score 115 points, it's because they're holding teams under. It's because they have to score to win, and 115 just happens to be the threshold. Plenty of games recently, they could have they could have scored 115 at the buzzer, and they still would have lost. They didn't. Um, so like, it's like this team is this team is just not good on defense. They haven't they they probably don't have the personnel to really take the steps forward. They should probably be better on defense than they are. But like, yeah, they're they're going to be a below average defense this year, and I'm 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 resigned to that fact. But. When they lost, when they lost to Philly, who cares? 
you know, whatever. That, that, that's, that's one you can kind of chalk up to a believable L, right? When they lost to the Lakers, you it's it's less easy to give them grace, right? It's just, it's not, it's less easy to sit here and say, well, you know what? Everybody outscores a team by 32 in a quarter and still finds a way to lose. No, that was a special type of like nightmare loss. They come back to play the Spurs. I don't think they played well, but they get a win. You get a win. You don't apologize. You keep it moving. They beat the Jazz. They're two and two on the six game homestand. They got two more games left. And I said heading into the six game homestand that I think they have to go four and two to for me to like say, okay, this team has a real shot. Guess what? They played the Raptors and Hawks Saturday and Monday. This coming, they got a couple days off and play on Saturday against the Raptors, and then they have Sunday off and play Monday against the Hawks to close out a six-game homestand. You win those both, you go four and two. My optimism about this team has probably faded um, in terms of like them being like truly competitive this year. Um, do I think they could like get into the playoffs? Absolutely. Do I think they could win a playoff series? Not really. Probably not. No. Um, with the right matchup, they certainly could. But if you think about it, I'm a bleep bleeping hypocrite because what I said leading into this homestand is if they go four and two, they're in an okay spot, and they're in an okay spot if they're they're set up to go four and two. They've only lost twice on this on the stretch. My optimism should not dictate the logic that started this, that's, that I stated on this very podcast. Like, I have wrong opinions all the time. I'm not trying to convince y'all that I'm like super right on here. I'm trying to convince myself to trust past Michael. Past Michael heading into this homestand said, if they go four and two on this, four and two on this stretch, they're, they're going to be okay, even with all of their warts, because the West hasn't run away from them, because they're, they're, if you look at the standings, they're just in an okay spot. And guess what, Michael, from the present? That's still the case. Right now, um, the Blazers are in 12th place. They are 23-25, and 25, tied with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who lost this evening to the Atlanta Hawks. They're a half game back of the Warriors, a half game back of the Jazz, who they beat tonight, a game back of 8th place, uh, the 8th place Minnesota Timberwolves, a game and a half back of ninth place Phoenix, a game and a half back, or excuse me, seventh place Phoenix, a game and a half back of sixth place Dallas, two games back of the Clippers in fifth, and for real deal Holyfield, two and a half back of the Pelicans. The Blazers aren't even good. <laughs> They're not even good. They blew a 25-point lead at home on Sunday. I buried them. I would have yelled, put a bow on it if I hadn't learned my lesson about yelling about bows in the past. Wrap it up, put a bow on it, to quote myself from the past. But I, I, I kind of um, making future predictions after a really bad loss, same way after some dude scores 60, it's, it's just not, it's not a good way to do it. If you host a daily podcast, you, it's too many, too many uh, minutes in the microphone. But what I'll say this, if a week ago I had optimism that said, I don't think the Blazers are very good, but... And the but hasn't changed. What comes after the, the the conditional statement that I set up hasn't changed. I don't think I can change my tune. So I'll keep the same tune. The Blazers are flawed. 
They're a bad defensive team. Their offense can get super stagnant. They're incredibly dependent on Damian Lillard on a lot of nights to carry them across the finish line. Anthony Simons is an imperfect fit next to him. And Yusuf Nurkic is not as um, athletic and switchy on defense, and he still has finishing problems on offense. Jeremy Grant doesn't rebound very well. Josh Hart isn't tall enough. Drew Eubanks isn't strong enough. Shaden Sharp's still a teenager. All that's still mad. All that's still true. Oh, that's still true. Nothing's changed. They're still in a pretty good spot, believe it or not. All of, warts and all, they're still in a pretty good spot. I, I think, like, let me be clear, and, and then I'll get out of here. My optimism has probably left the building. The Blazers don't need some doofus on a podcast to be optimistic in their chances to look at the standings and see how the math works. I might have kind of said, yeah, I mean, eventually the Warriors are going to win a basketball game, even if they're flawed and OKC just won't go away. And the, and the T-Wolves are going to get Carl Anthony Towns back. And they, they're finally kind of figuring out the Suns are getting healthy and uh, they might get better. The Mavericks are, they might make a trade or something. The Clippers still have some NBA players on the team, even though they're somehow bad without, um, because they can't get to the rim at all. All of it, like those those flaws, the the teams in front of them who are getting healthier and better, and 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 the teams who are just, who have just stayed in front of them despite their flaws, like the Clippers and Mavs, they just haven't created any distance for all of the Blazers' flaws, for how bad they looked Sunday against the Lakers, for how bad they looked in the first half against Philly, for how bad they've looked on the road recently. Nothing has really changed. They're still in a fine spot. You beat. Toronto on Saturday, you beat the Hawks on Monday, you're set up with four and two on that six game homestand. And after all this mess, after all this mess, they'll be right in the dang mix. And it won't matter what some doofus in his basement said. So here's what we'll do. I'll say that the old doofus, the guy who was optimistic a week ago, he was more right than the current doofus who's lost his optimism. We'll just, we'll just side with the old doofus. Tomorrow's show is going to be a mailbag episode. I got a couple good ones that I've already set up and kind of queued up for tomorrow's show. But if you want to get in the show, you want to send me a, uh, a question, send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll do a mailbag. It'll be Friday's show. will be a mailbag episode. We haven't done one in a while. I'd love to do one. They're a bunch of fun. I got two good ones. Um, I'm looking for maybe two or three more. Um, maybe, a, maybe a fun one. If you got a fun one, I'm not really going to do fake trade stuff. We'll talk about trades and things like that, but I'm not, I don't, I really don't I'm, send me a fake trade. I might respond to your email, but I'm not going to use in the show. If you have like a, a functional question, send it to me locked on blazers pod at gmail.com. Tell your friends to listen to the podcast. Uh, they can get it wherever they get podcasts and also on YouTube. We'll be back for another show on Friday. Then we'll have five more next week. It's what we do coming at you every single weekday. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.